Hello and welcome to a very special episode of the National Institute for Gamer Review. I am DK. I am Lewis. And remember that time when when you sang that song about uh, it was it sounded like it was like uh, like a Metallica song, but it was it was like a parody song. You remember that time? You remember that time? <laughs> that was. <laughs> I I have uh, uh, I have uh, yelled out um, the uh, see. Have you seen Kyle while on my bicycle um, in public and been totally? It was it was it was a whole ass vibe. Anyway, yes, um, we are we have we are very very bl- uh, lucky and blessed to be joined here today by the one and only Sven Pie. Or uh, yeah, like this is uh, this is awesome. Uh, welcome to the program. Hello, gentlemen, and thank you. This is very exciting. I'm really. I'm really happy to have someone ask me all about me, <laughs> all about me for an hour. It'll be everybody. Wonderful. Yeah, everybody's always w- wanted to know more about uh, Mike and yeah, the Sven. Not so much, right? Um, yeah, right, right, right. Well, I, I, you know, I also I also put a lot of useless information out there. Like uh, the only thing I'm nervous about, I, I want to try not to retread anything because I've I've done those uh, those Tuesday night streams for a long time. They were all about. My my process and my recordings and stuff. So I'm going to try not to get uh, into can we, uh, also, shit on there. But is there a way to get this behind the paywall as the only nigger oh. behind the paywall? I don't know. That's not oh. my, yeah. That would be for Sven. Just, yeah, just, we use a real contempt if, if we had a single paid episode. <laughs> just promote promote the sale of my album to people who have to pay to hear the promotion. That's 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 pretty good. That's kind of. <laughs> That's actually in that's actually in like the the spirit of some of the things I'm going to talk about when you start asking me questions about production, like the idea that like you need to pay someone a subscription to essentially hear advertisements for things. Like I, I'm, I'm gonna we're gonna go there. It's gonna yeah, be fun that sounds me. great. That's a great time, and just like album distribution, like music distribution stuff generally, right? Um, oh God. All, yeah. all great topics. But I wanted to start, if it's okay, by asking mm-hmm. you about your. Um, your musical evolution, your, you know, what, what, were, what did you like when you first started listening to music? How did that change over time? How did you wind up producing the album of color? Oh my God. Yeah. I mean like childhood, like I started, I, I liked hard rock that was on the radio. Um, what rock? Uh, well, yeah, I guess, I guess that used to be the definition of butt rock, butt rock used to be this guy before the first two bands that I ever could name and had songs that I like were poison and Def leopard. This is in like probably 1986, 1987. So I'm like, you know, so eight. back then they would have called it hair metal, but eventually they called it classic rock. Well, they called it butt rock. I don't know. They didn't call it anything. It was just, it was just what it was. It was I don't remember when they started calling it hair metal. Hair metal. It, was, it was top 40. It was like popular. Right. Like that right, right. Yeah. It was just MTV stuff. So I would, we didn't have cable at my parents' house until I'm not really sure what year, probably after 1990. I would really only see MTV at like my, um, in my cousin's house or my grandmother's house. And my mother would get all mad. She was afraid that I was going to watch 
she was afraid that I was going to be like scandalized and titillated by like Madonna videos. I'm like, <laughs> like no, I don't care. I don't care about Madonna. Or, story. I have. Like, I don't. I don't want to watch her. Like I, she didn't understand. Like I don't want to watch Madonna. I don't care about her like her titties and stuff. I, just, I, I want to watch the men and yeah. Yeah, I want to watch the men in the in the spandex and the with the hairspray play guitar. That's what I'm all about. I just like I wanted to be one of those people. It was, it was so like funny. the uh, what is it the ain't nothing but a good time video was was that was the like, one that was my yeah. first that was my first song that I loved that and like uh, uh, I don't remember it's which a great video. Was. I mean, it's very kind of self aware. I mean, probably Zoomers and the audience aren't so familiar, but it's it's essentially like a kind of meta ironic take on rock music generally, right? Like the lead singer is just a regular working guy who likes this kind of music. And then it turns out, well, I mean, yeah. that's the, he, he's a character in the video, right? And he's just like some schmo, but then the whole, and the whole point of the song is like, you know, I'm just looking for a good time and he gets up on stage yeah. and actually he's the lead singer of poison. Yeah. It was very cringe. Right? It was terrible, but I mean, I was eight years old. I loved it. I was eight. Like, this yeah. is awesome. I understand that like these guys dressed like girls and it was weird. I was like, nah, that's just, they're just on stage doing, they're doing Kabuki theater. What do you want? So, I like that stuff, and eventually, eventually, like when the Black Album came out, uh, I I had heard um, Metallica earlier than that. I had heard one, but it was like too much for me because that came out when I was like nine or ten. I don't know. No, mm. probably I was nine when that came out. The Black Album hit when I was like twelve, and I was ready, and that was like that was just like holy shit, and that was kind of like that was probably the most important thing I ever heard. Uh, mm -hmm. Music wise, it changed. I feel like it changed like how I listen to stuff, and I really. I dropped a lot of bands that I thought I liked after this. Like the, they just like left like Warrant. I never listened to Poison again. Yeah, I even hated Guns N' Roses for a while. I was like, this is this guy's screeching with like the high voice. Like this is gay. Like Metallica was badass, and I go I went back through all their stuff, all the Megadeth stuff, all Slayer stuff. I just got into like metal, metal at that point. And uh, so yeah, so when it came around to dicking around with the idea of making an album instead of making parody songs. I gravitated towards talking to talking to Trent because Trent also is a is a Metallica respecter from the old days. It was Trent like, Hoven? yeah, it's like, what if we tried oh, cool. to like work on what if we tried to work on like almost sort of do a black album parody almost because I was I said oh it's called the album of color because it was during twenty twenty yeah and like all the during twenty twenty everybody was posting black squares during the George Floyd riots so I was like wouldn't it be funny if I had an album cover there was a black square like the black album and we could just like be posting this in like blm uh, i thought that would be kind of funny no well sure and i wanted to talk that. about also the um uh the your your sense of humor your use of humor the way that um huber intersects um just yeah but but before we, we did that I, I was i was also curious so you mentioned before also you at some point we're also into like kmfdm and and industrial music right oh yeah yeah so like you know, I so I I lived through, I lived through um, you know the the industry killing metal off basically in the nineties. Yeah, I lived through I lived through in real time sort of. I mean, as a, as a really sheltered like suburbs kid, like I, I had no access to any scene stuff, but I just kind of lived through what the industry did to metal. It seemed like mm -hmm. uh, they did the Black Album. There was a whole there was a whole thing of like nineteen ninety one and nineteen ninety two, where there was like the last gasp of like mainstream metal and alternative like grunge and alternative rock. And I lived through like all my favorite bands cucking to that or being forced to cuck to that. And uh, I, I got into, I got a little bit into, into new metal when it started, like the early, like 95, 96, like the second like corn or, or, or oh, the, I love yeah, the yeah, no, second corn. corn. 
so I saw a funny thing the other, it was a while back actually on Twitter, but um, somebody was saying how, I guess for younger kids, like essentially now they're playing corn on quote unquote classic rock or butt rock stations. And, and they, yeah. I guess they, they hear corn as uh classic rock, <laughs> you know, I guess like Led Zeppelin or something. I don't fucking know, but it, it's just corn funny was, to me. That, yeah. Corn was the most no, that, like, abrasive. Uh, Freak on a leash was, was great, right? That yeah. was, you know, that whole, well, I, that, that was, that was when I, that was when I didn't like it anymore. I liked life is mm -hmm. peachy. I liked twist. Mm -hmm. I liked uh, Adidas. Um, what was the other like no place to hide or no place to run? I can't remember what that song is called. It's either no place to hide or no place to run. But that stuff was so abrasive and I couldn't believe that I was getting like mainstream play. But you know, in the, at the end, in the end, it's just it was just stupid shit. It was like it was right. mixed with like rap stuff. And uh Sepultura started doing that too. So when Sepultura put out Roots, you know, they went from being this thrash death uh, metal band almost. And they became sort of this new metal band because they tuned down their guitars like Korn did and they incorporated all this um like traditional Brazilian tribal product uh, percussion. So they did this really slow, it was kind of a slow, like groovier album that kind of fit in with that stuff. And I loved that. And so what happened, the way I got into like KMFDM and all that shit was like Max Cavalera, the front man, he left Sepultura during my first year in college. So that's gotta be what, like the beginning, like the end of 1997, I think he left the band and I was just like, like, all right, I just guys don't like metal anymore, I guess, because like they they're just <laughs> killing it. And that was like the last and I hated Soulfly. I hated when he came out with that. Uh everything Korn was doing after that I hated. I hated uh Limp Biscuit. I didn't even really like I was gonna say, like Limp Biscuit, POD, all those bands like, there was a certain point because I used to listen more to all guess alternative uh and grunge type radio yeah. it, it, during that time. And all of a sudden it went from Nirvana to like POD. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like I was just like this yeah. shit off. I mean, that's Nirvana was, I hated is necessarily it. so great, but yeah. No, I hated Nirvana. I, I, the only, I think the only band that's grunge that I, I liked a little bit of Alice in Chains. I liked the first Pearl mm -hmm. Jam record. You know, Ten is great. Yes, the, yeah, but, Ten uh, is great. Yes. But basically, I made the conscious decision that's like, I guess there's just nothing in metal for me because remember, it's 1997. The internet exists, but getting like media on the internet was just like a, it's just a non-starter. Like you were not going to stream music. You were not going to watch videos. There was no, all there was on the internet really was print media and like photos. There was so, like a brief oh, window you right before. So real quick, Louis, I just, uh, right before the, uh, Pete, like, uh, what was it? Napster took off. You, mm -hmm. there was, there was some, like you could get some shitty MP3s over dial up but even that was really hard yeah. and i remember i i, I mp3s were not abundant and uh there were a couple points where I, I tried to uh digitize some of my albums and like the free software the soft the shareware software that i was oh, trying God. to use with, you know, like a one x cd didn't even fucking work like everything was all warped yeah. and stored it literally yeah, it couldn't it was it was bad what were you gonna say Louis? i remember I remember MP2 files. <laughs> oh, MP3 I do not. Files. Wow, that's yeah. Wow, I know. I do have like the vaguest. Yes, yes, yeah, right. But that was gone but, um, very quickly. Yeah, in my yeah. memory. Well, it's just I think they just improved the the compression algorithms. Yes. I guess that's what MP3 was. Yeah. Like a, it was a new version. But um, yeah, the other thing that happened in the '90s. So so they killed like norm to me. What was like normal sounding metal, right? Like Megadeth you know like late 80s early 90s stuff was really cool and it seemed like if you weren't listening to alternative or grunge like all there really was was like crazy death stuff that i didn't like i didn't like cannibal yeah. corpse <laughs> that I was what like... i thought of metal as and i was like who i mean i, I of course everyone i don't know yeah, please what are you so saying? i think i think i think of oh this is like stuff that's like somewhat painful to listen to is metal yes yeah and metallica is classic rock like that's that's right like you can't not hear enter sandman yeah. and just like i mean of course and you have you know yeah. the, the references on your um 
album and, and everything it's it's iconic and it's it's great and it's good music versus like yeah i don't understand i genuinely don't get how people listen to like sludge metal or death metal or whatever they i just don't hear it like i want to hear somebody with like a distinctive voice you know i remember even tom Araya from slayer was making fun of cookie monster bands and i was like i'm kind of like, <laughs> you're, like, you're, like, you're like you're like you're like you're like one step removed from that kind of music it's not like slayer is that intricate and melodic and, and interesting like as far as hooks go but even he was making fun, and like everything was cookie monster so the underground like i and i just didn't like any of it i like it now like I, I did this thing where like 15 years after like a, a, a musical movement happens, I'll probably, I'll be okay with it. But like, as it's happening, I'm like, Oh my God, I can't stand this. Do you like, like cannibal this, corpse now is what you're saying or, uh, cannibal corpse in like limited doses. Yeah. But I do generally mm-hmm. like I'm over the hatred of cookie monster vocals. Like I get, I get gotcha, it now, gotcha. I like it. but I do gravitate towards more melodic things. Like I, I enjoy amorphous. They do a mixture of, he kind of sings in the same register that I do almost, but also does death metal vocals or I like dark tranquility, which is very melodic, but it's all death vocals. Older mm-hmm. in flames is really a lot of uh, European stuff. I discovered, I discovered the European melodic death metal well after I came back from like the goth phase with goth phase. Like it was like, I was in college. I decided I'm old enough to go to bars and I don't have parents and I can, I can like fool these bartenders and serve me. I'm going to go to these goth clubs. <laughs> and so I was, there was a couple of goth clubs in Boston and in Providence I would go to. And it was just cool. That's how I got all into like Skinny Puppy and KMFDM and gotcha, uh, gotcha. Frontline Assembly. I still love Frontline Assembly. It was badass back in the day. Um, and then that sort of like it kept snowballing into worse and worse music. And eventually I wasn't <laughs> listening to power electronics, but I was listening to power noise at the end, which is like rhythmic noise, like just, just extremely distorted like techno. Which, which is just like I was listening to like a genre of music that like every every album was like lucky if 300 people bought it and eventually I was just like what am I doing I'm listening, listening to the static like static beats and uh <laughs> then I, <laughs> and I got I got I ran I, that was about 2003 when I was like alright I can't do this anymore <laughs> it's just like retarded and cause like all the synth pop all the, all the like the modern synth pop stuff from the late 90s and early aughts like that died in like 2002, 2003. So like the last really great release was like uh, Future Perfect by VNV Nation. And then something happened to every band in that genre just sounded more like pop music mm-hmm. to me. And I didn't like it any. And then that fucking all, that all fucked off for me. So there's like a time capsule where that music is good from like 1995 through like 2002 was this r- brilliant window. They called it Future Pop in some cases. EBM in other cases where these like all these synth bands um was that like i know maybe i was more on the indie side of that with like uh chick 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 like then those kind of things or are you talking about something else uh i'm not aware of what that was there was like there was a whole like dance punk thing at that same time frame probably there was like mutual cross-pollination um, no, there was the main labels were like the earlier on it was off and then it was metropolis records i think they were out of philadelphia and uh what's the what was the other one there's another big record label in germany i can't remember but uh like wump scott was huge um apothecum berserk was pretty big covenant was another one just there was just there was this little like limited scene i don't know and they seemed like all every club you went to around the country i've been to clubs in different parts of the country they all had the same playlist amazingly somehow like these same like semi underground yeah Yeah. how job oh my god how job was so well it was a scene that was that was like the the height of you know the scene right yeah, like whatever corner of it you were in, it was kind of one. I guess that's what I, yeah. what I meant. Is it, it was sort of. So maybe I you started to, making. Yeah, I, yeah. I, so I made that kind of music for a while. Um, 
I have a couple. And you you were you studied as an audio technician, right? Am I is that? Correct? Yeah, I still went to college. That was like my cope for going to college, being like in a, a directionless, aimless, like American idiot that doesn't know what he wants to do. I was like, well, I like doing music. Maybe I'll learn how to make albums, <laughs> and this will buy me like two more hours of of living or two more years of living like a child. And it, it didn't get me anywhere. But I I, I also what's interesting is like. So I told you, I, I you know, the biggest thing I ever had me musically was the Black Album. And mm. I also got the guitar tab books from the Black Album. And that's kind of where I learned, like learning how to play those songs. Mm -hmm. I learned James Hetfield's like extremely grug way of putting a song <laughs> together, of just assembling mm. a song out of a collection of riffs he had. And he, because he knows nothing. He's an idiot. He doesn't know anything about music theory. He Everything he plays is in E, unless he tunes the guitar down to D. Then the entire song is in D, and he's just really like uh, the the big the one of the funniest stories I've ever heard is the big hook in Enter Sandman when it goes up to sleep with one eye open like mm -hmm, that's mm -hmm. an F sharp that's an F sharp instead of E. He originally wrote that entire passage in E as well as the exit light Enter Night that was originally all in E. And Bob Rock, the producer, is like. Why don't you try yeah, F sharp yeah. instead? And he was like, and he was like, you mean play a note higher than the open E string? I mean, not play how? Did, and then he did it, and it's like it's. And I don't think it would have hit if it was an E. So it's like yeah. he was a moron, and I kind of yeah. learned from that. So I learned this moronic way of putting songs together in high. I, so I had all these. I wrote a ton of music in high school, and it was all probably really bad. I could, I have tapes. I could probably play it, but I'm going to refrain from doing that. One night, maybe someday I'll be that really would be drunk. great. That would be it's hilarious. Funny. Yeah, it's I'd like, love to hear it's that. It's me singing like this, yeah, and like <laughs> and trying to sound like Metallica. It's really bad. Um, but in high school, I took like one music theory course where I learned about like counterpoint and building chord progressions and um, circle of for some reason yes. never. Yeah, I never really applied that to guitar, but when I got into all that synthy stuff in college. And I got a synth and I got a computer set up. I started making that kind of music. I was basically making metal on a synthesizer now. But that was when like having keys in front of me, like, oh, I remember all this theory crap from high school. And mm -hmm. and uh, so that was a long departure of building hooks and melodies and out of chord progressions instead of just like chucking on, you know, da -da 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 -da. instead of doing shit like that, I actually, okay, I have to play like chord stabs and big pads and I have to make like dramatic changes. And I made some pretty good stuff like that. And so when I when I eventually like came back out of that music and started making rock again, it's like I I had successfully like actually brought music theory into my riff collages, and that's kind of where we are now. <laughs> it was a it was a tough detour. Like learning learning about making music from Metallica was probably the dumbest thing ever. It just <laughs> made me like it just guaranteed I was gonna suck for like ten years because it was so stunted. It's so juvenile. Um. It's it's a really it's the but wrong way to go about learning vibe. about that. But there's a distinct yeah. vibe, right? I mean, you you what you did learn was how to like chunk really cool, right? I mean, stuff yes, like that. I, you know, like yes, the the, uh, the, the legendary the legendary James Hetfield downstroking pick technique. Like I'm all over that. I can play rhythm. Like well, at least when I was in a band and had to play all the time, I could play. Like, now I have to sit around and work out a little. But I, I was really good at all that stuff: muting, playing chords, doing all little staccato like single note shit and coming up with cool stuff, rhythmic shit. Like I was always good at mm -hmm. that. Um, just from being a nerd, just from learning about it. So when did you, when did you start naturally. writing, uh, when did you start writing parody songs? Oh, uh, what was the first TRS parody song? I think it was, it was either the spoon man parody or no, it was dirty black summer, the Danzig dirty black summer song. So that was probably 2015, wasn't it? Maybe 2016. I thought it was early. Was the first yeah. One? Cause I, yeah, it would have been around then. I thought you had been doing it for some time before that. I guess, but that was 
when you no, were... it was a TRS thing. It was like um, when uh, I was in I was in that band called Mathematic the Waves, which is still available on Spotify, I think, because I was looking at my Spotify releases for the the um the album of color, and my Mathematic the Waves is still up there, which is pretty uh, funny. That's from that was like ten years ago. This podcast. This What's podcast that? Also, this podcast is also on Spotify. Yes, are, that's true. You can listen to us on Spotify. Oh, very nice. <laughs> that's great. That's maybe I should put, yes. maybe I should put mine on there. Um, yeah, absolutely. But um, what, why was I talking about mathematical waves? Oh no, because because oh, uh, parody oh, songs. Um, yeah. Well, we well, we, I didn't when we started, you doing, started doing it that late. Yeah. Yeah, when we started doing when we started doing the podcast, and we decided we were going to do this a lot. Like, I, I gave up on the band thing. I was like, I don't want to be in this band anymore. I'm like. I was like 34 years old. I was like, why am I like, no one is like, I don't have, I don't have like a, a big like group of like 20 year old friends anymore that are going to like come out to shows and support. It was like, we're literally just like a bunch of guys just playing for ourselves. And I was like, well, my new creative like outlet is going to be the daily show on the right stuff that is. And I just had equipment and I had gear and I knew how to do it. I was like, you know what? I'm going to start making some funny songs for the show. I just decided to do it. I don't know why. Um, now, one thing I've, I've noticed, well, so part of the reason why I ask is I, I noticed, um, and maybe it was just all part of the same thing at, at, at that era, because I, I wasn't really into that kind of niche right-wing discourse until, yeah, basically 2014, 2015. Um, mm -hmm. I, I encountered Hartiste, um, and oh, Hartiste yeah. would often have essentially parody lyrics of popular <laughs> songs like in his in his blog posts. So when I when I saw that and I read that and I heard your parody songs, I, I, I don't know. I maybe I assumed that there was some pre-existing culture of like right wing parody songs or something. Was there? Or is there? Or do you know if there was or? Because I, I maybe maybe it was just a. I don't, know. I don't know. Yeah. I I just arrived at it on my own. I was like, what? I mean, cool. like, you know, I'm sitting there on a podcast with like Alex Manav, Mike Enoch, and whoever else at the time, like Bulbasaur and stuff. And I'm just like, these guys have a lot to say all the time and i kind of don't i was like what can i do to contribute and i was like well i can say nigger in, in popular rock songs and that would probably that would be my so, contribution so the most important revolutionary act of our current um political environment what were you what were you yeah. gonna say lewis so before there is there i don't want to say it was big but there was a pre-existing like very old since the beginning of like four pole and four chan stuff where you would just like redo a popular song in text with you know I, thinking about it there was also that scene in american history x right where he does like row 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 your yeah, boat but, but that it was oh yeah i don't know if we're taking I don't know down either. the zog machine jew by jew by jew <laughs> the white yeah, like, <laughs> uh, what is it like johnny reb or th those kind of like really old yeah. stuff would put that flo floated between like parody and well much like the album of cover right like he yeah. is parodying old country style you know folk music doing nazi right. stuff he's not necessarily doing like pure song mm -hmm. covers as far as i can tell yeah yeah okay. so you I mean, started i, doing no, that I had then, no background with any of that you, i just didn't know started, about any of it really yeah you just stumbled into it which is which is mm -hmm. uh which is even cooler yeah so yeah. so you and then you did um parody songs almost exclusively for a while right yeah, I, th I think I did. Uh, I wrote an original song. I wrote "Spooked," or the you know the eyes and teeth song. Yes, uh, I don't right. Remember yes. when that was? So that, what was that? that like? so I'm gonna be a boot idiot. That is not. I assumed that was just a parody of something. 
No, I wrote that. That was that was just a song. And it wasn't metal. I just was making a weird, I don't know what, post-punk kind of thing. I don't no, know. That was great. I was, I, was I, yeah, I love that song. It's a it's a very good song. I do too. Um, Thanks. Yeah. That was like a uh, that was like a that and number thing. two then diamond I, I, also. Yeah. Yeah, that that came that came later. Um <laughs> I I don't remember what I was thinking at the time because I had done all these I, I just I just remember that like I had done all these parody songs. I really loved doing it. Uh, and at one point I just like, well, why do I why it's like why don't I just I know how to write. I've written good songs throughout the years, regardless of the like the the stunted growth of of James Hetfield teaching me. Um, it's like why don't I just make funny words and just make my own? Because really, the thing I always struggled with anytime I made original music, like I, I have I have a couple albums that I made that just don't have lyrics because I never just got around to it. Is it was always like the uh, lyrics were always this is going to be kind of ironic. Like, lyrics always the like least important thing to me when I hear music, like I don't really care what the words are. I don't care. I don't care what they're about. I care about the vibe. I care about the attitude yeah. of the singing and stuff. But like I, you know, some of my favorite songs, I don't know the fucking lyrics. I just know like mm -hmm. phonetic noises I made to myself the first time I heard them. And it just, that just kind of stuck. So I think that's pretty much um, a, a universal thing. And is it, and, uh, I always thought I was weird like that. Cause I would hear Cause you see people online, like giving opinions about album stuff and they go into like, they'll like lay into somebody for having bad lyrics. And I would never I identified find... with that. Yeah, no, I, I think that's like what I find is that the people who tend to derive a large amount of meaning from pop music lyric, you know, broadly encompassing pop meaning here, including like death metal, right? Just any, yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, I find I just like if you're if you're looking for poetic meaning, you can you can find mm -hmm. it in, you know, poetry or real. I mean, not to say that there are the exceptions disparate. I mean, there are I, I think there are. um some some there it occasionally happens that there's a really great line somewhere mm -hmm. um it, it's happened for sure but um yeah like you know college girls thinking that they're you know the death cab for cutie is like got the oh, secret to the universe or something <laughs> right no that's how they that, in my experience yeah. people who really care about lyrics are like death cab for cutie fans or something and it's just like that's you know you 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 think that because you don't actually read you know and and it's it's sad that the hmm. state so what were you gonna say of like caring about lyrics where or even like caring as that that not that i mean i care about lyrics a good bit but i a lot of it's just like getting crap past the radar in more wholesome times like oh mm -hmm. this popular boomer song is actually about gay sex and like oh actually it might be you know whatever like, who gives a fuck? But <laughs> it is a, that is a thing that happens you know yeah, I Judas just assume Priest. it's all nonsense, like, or it's like maybe it's uplifting or or has some kind of vague level, you know, like like uh, I think Dave Grohl does some generic things sometimes that are like whatever, you know, it, mm -hmm. it doesn't sound bad, right? And it, it's it's not like That's it's not awful. Bush. Sorry, I feel like every Dave Grohl song after a certain year was all about George Bush. Like he, I haven't <laughs> seen him give us an like, Actually, that song is about George Bush. I'm like, is yeah. it? <laughs> is all it right. right, are you sure? <laughs> yeah um yeah, yeah okay so so maybe that's a good place to let's talk about um humor and well, jokes yeah, yeah did you want to say yeah please no humor and jokes in the lyrics that actually was like a huge that was a huge like breakthrough that made it easier for me to write songs because you know i, I had this i had this metal band in high school me and my buddies we would always like the the words would turn into jokes anyway because you know we were trying to put we were, we were trying to put metal lyrics down and they like sounded awesome they sounded cool like it didn't matter what they were about they were just stupid but it was like so certain like catch you know you're trying to write like a catchphrase in a song that sounds cool 
and like they, they, they would like they would like mock me but like lovingly you know what i mean it's like not like they were actually mocking me but like we would latch on to a, a turn of phrase in, in a fucking song that we were writing and that would be like funny even though it wasn't intended to be funny if you know what i mean so it was always like uh, yeah. taking taking like what writing these songs taking songwriting too seriously was never possible because of that and that always gave me like the very like being very subconscious about like posting cringe so <laughs> so like just doing like doing like funny racist songs is like oh now i can like embrace cringe ironically but i can just try to be funny and be clever and it doesn't have to be this like i am like beating you over the head with this like overtly like attempted this over attempt at being profound like this is important no listen to it it's like no i just like i have n towers i just say <laughs> I. it's like just it made it so much easier yeah. to just do that so it was really it's really a lot of fun and of course until like the glory where i decided to be serious for some reason but um yes anyway, uh, like that, but. yeah we could talk about that at the, yes the, the the last track on the album and and the only i think basically completely straight faced track to my yeah 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 um there's i mean solipsism is kind of isn't exactly really yes, funny that actually was true. just sort of because that was about that was about the baudrillard and simulation and alienation there wasn't really any jokes to that it was just sort of the joke was that i'm writing a borzoi song and taking it dead seriously you know what i mean that's <laughs> yes, kind of what yes, it was yes, yes. more than anything yeah, 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 but yeah. i didn't really take it as a joke that was actually fun because that was uh that was the song that got the idea going that like uh we should make we should try to make a black album song because like that the riff from that is literally like my thought was like all right what if dave mustaine wrote enter sandman what if the riff was megadeth and so i was just kind of like took that that general rhythm and like changed it around to make try to make mm -hmm. it more interesting and, and kooky a little more jazzy and um i tried to get the sound that was where i started searching that's where i started chasing like guitar tone like all these all these years that i had made parody songs i always thought they sounded good and I was using a lot of virtual instruments and a lot of, I mean, uh, eventually I had a real, like a really nice amp. I had a Hughes and Kettner Triamp Mark II, which was like a, I got that used. It's a very expensive, like boutique German tube amp that um, I got for a song, thank God, on, on reverb one day. And I would, I would take the, um, I was using that amp, but I wasn't using a speaker and a microphone. I was taking the line out and I was using virtual speakers and whatnot in the in the computer to make the guitar sounds and mm. i never really i never really went deep into that i mean that's what a lot of people do like there's there's a lot of i mean you, you don't have to have an amp i mean you don't have to have anything to make music anymore just a computer I, I, and yeah. the right software yeah and but i didn't want to do it for some reason when it got time to i think it was when i did dr rumor that was the first time i actually put microphones in front of the speaker for that amp and decided i'm going to make my own sound I'm not going to use somebody's digitized like simulation of the speaker. And then that was like, I had no idea what I just got myself into. Like this idea <laughs> of like foolish pride of like, I'm going to, I'm going to engineer a recording properly instead of using these software shortcuts. And that was the beginning of the saga like, of the, like the, the clicking in the walls with the electrical signal and stuff. Right. That was that. Yeah. Whole, which, that which actually, which actually wasn't the issue, which wasn't the issue. That was just something I thought I had found. There was a, there was a related issue to that sort of, but that was like, that was, that started like paying like way too close attention to everything and discovering problems. I didn't know exist. Discovering, mm -hmm that like everything every bit of information about this that you could find was just myth if not outright lies like people mm. just lying about what they did on recording because we're we're like you know if you're not into like if you're not into racism if you're not into like being a nazi the internet is still kind of amazing the amount mm -hmm. of 
stuff you can find out about this, the rabbit holes you can dive. If you're, you know, if you're looking for like trivial shitty information that has nothing to do with like the destruction of the white race by Jewish power, um, you know, that stuff you, you want to know about that. Well, now you're going to run into roadblocks. Now you're going to get, you're going to find that you can't discuss that openly in most spaces. You'll get banned. You'll get the platform. Something that you, you've got a link to this tweet has been deleted. Yeah, like you get a link to like a, an entire website that's gone, or yeah, like a, right. the government has seized a, an archive of this media and it's gone. You know that. It, but if you want to know, you know about some of the most famous like you know recording productions of all time, there's like these guys are all old. Like Bob Rock is just doing podcast after pot. When the the I think it was last year, the year before, the 30th anniversary of the Black Album. Like the, he, Bob Rock did so much media. He did so many podcasts and so many YouTube streams about how they made that record in 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 mm. detail. It's amazing. And like people would like people were people were dying to know like how they did that for a long time. I remember there's people that like went to the same studio and didn't understand why they couldn't get the same sound. Uh, there mm. were guys that were using the same amp. They were they would bust. So I think I think Nickelback. I, the rumor I heard is that Nickelback actually bought the mixing console, the recording console that was used in studio. The specific, well, not album. the same model, like that specific. Oh, he he bought that one when that studio <laughs> upgraded to a newer thing or whatever. Like they bought that, and it's just like it's it's crazy. And and there's like there used to be it used to be all about forums, and nobody knew shit with forums, especially when if it's like the early two thousands. There's all these guitar nerds trying to get guitar sounds in their houses or even at somebody's studio, and they're just like reading about like okay, Fleming Rasmussen's production notes from master of puppets he's posted them on this forum somewhere and we can pour through them and read his like poor memory of something 14 years ago he did and we try to imitate it and they just go and, and there's always like a missing link there's always something you don't have and there's always something you don't know and so people like just poured over this stuff and just have shot out so many myths along with the research that it just like it destroys uh, uh, I don't know. It's like there's no real ability to get into it and really do it do it the way they did it. So you have to just hope that you can do something that sounds good <laughs> in its own right. I, I, we'll have to talk about that another time, or maybe I would I would love it if you could break some of that down. Um, yeah, I, I know you said you've done a lot of it. Maybe are, are those streams archived, or are there particular ones you would direct people towards? Yeah, I, I have recorded my own some of my own music on my own computer before, and I've, I've never really gotten that deep into it. Um, certainly nothing like like anything you've done. But um, I am curious about about the process, and uh, yeah. Well, there's just this, the idea. Like, I don't know if this is a term that I'm coining or if it's been said before, but the uh, it, it evolved into now. You can get all this information. A lot of myths have been busted, but it's all hidden in media creators that are doing advertainment. I don't know. Does that exist? Where it's like it's. It's almost like an infomercial, but it's actually supposed to be like you're For watching a show. For a particular piece of kit. Like, yeah, like, like this like, is what the I recorded this on. Or what the, the dog yeah, they're or. actually doing like a stealth. Like YouTube kind of cracked down on a little bit. They wanted people posting... Um, disclaimers but for a while like these guys were just giving you tutorials but the tutorial is really just a review on this piece <laughs> of equipment that the, that the <laughs> manufacturer you know sponsored them to do and the thing about music gear at a certain level is like everything is good everything does have a good like it's not like you go buy something that's terrible the worst thing can happen is you buy something and it doesn't do the exact thing you want it to do and you go oh shit now I have to get rid of that and try again mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. it was really like um, and to the point where like there's channels where they're doing that already on their YouTube channels. And then they have like, they have like discord servers and private media servers that you have to pay subscriptions to get into. Really? And then they'll have, they'll have quote unquote <laughs> courses. Secrets on for my, 
<laughs> mixing secrets, recording secrets. Yeah. And, yeah. and a lot, it's and even, even the paid content is intermixed with like these pieces of equipment that was sent to me by this company to review. And it's mm. like, it's not like they're not using it and they're not showing you what you can do with it and how you can use it, but it's still kind of like slime. Like you really, you're, you're telling me just as much about product as you are about the art and the techniques you want me to use. And it's kind of shitty, but, but going through stuff like that is how I finally sort of got this stuff right in the end after several years um the biggest I, I did myths say, about speakers I, yes. and that was something that i i mentioned before the show but i i did want to say i i honestly do believe that your um production quality on the album oh, color is no for sure it is it is i i'll tell i'll say this there's only the, the, like it's it's equal it's at minimum equal to just the the mode nigga release over the past 10 years it just it just <laughs> is like it <laughs> You know now whether whether it's you know uh, uh, and I think aspects of it are are on the on the far right end of the of the bell curve as far as you know if this had been on a mainstream um, label forget the lyrics but just musically and in terms of yeah mixing and editing and, and how it sounds um, it would you could listen to it on FM radio and not if you weren't paying attention to the words you wouldn't miss a beat um, and I think that really uh, is extremely that impressive. Was I worked really that's why it took so long because I wanted it to be like that. I didn't wanna I didn't want to have a final a finalized product come out that anyone could say that, you know, this sounds like a guy in his garage fucking around. Like, my one, my, like my big question like, on that is drums. How did you how did you do with the drums? Uh the same thing you do with everything, you throw money at it. Um <laughs> speaking of speaking of Bob Rock, there's a piece of software called Superior Drummer. I have Superior Drummer 3.0 and I bought the rock foundry it's called it's like bob rock went and sampled several drum kits in his studio him and his engineers and you have this full sample set and the stuff sample sets for drums drum kits are so sophisticated now that they they don't just sound like a bunch of like no, they, it sounds like are, it, it sounds like yeah, yeah. that's why I, I was listening i was paying and you could you can if i'm that i will say this it's not a critique obviously but the if you really, really listen to the drums, sometimes it's okay. That I could. That sounds a little electronic, but yeah, I mean, you know, barely. Well, and really, you have like to be focusing on it. Totally standard for like yes, that's also true. Music. Yeah. Like mute, drums are fake now. Get over it. It's yeah, yeah, like yeah. The, yeah. the only yeah, the only thing that I the only thing that I took out of the equation was not all the songs have an actual drummer. Like Superior Drummer is an industry standard um, piece of software. Like they will like it can be triggered by actual drum kit. So you can have a drummer come in you mic his kid up like you're going to record it he'll play his whole performance and you can use superior drummer to replace all the sounds holy shit like so and, and that's and that's done i mean a lot of guys cope and they try to just like do a blend between the natural sound and the superior drum it's like once you're doing this like why not so yeah and the nature of metal music especially metal music now is like it's so um quantized and edited everything has to be perfect like if your thing isn't perfect uh it sounds amateur like that's where we're at now like you couldn't just have you know, I, I like to think back to like Lane Staley and uh, what's his face there, Jerry Cantrell, like doing their their harmony vocals. They sound awesome, and part of it being awesome is like they're not totally perfect, but you couldn't get away with that now. You'd be like, why aren't these perfect? Auto tune exists, bro. Like, get get in there and edit <laughs> that shit so it's perfect. And and it's same thing with timing. So drum timing and uh, perform all that stuff is all you know. You have to edit it all. And basically, aside from the sounds, I put in the work to like do edits on stuff so it was an actual perfect like ideal version of the song as best as i could um so yeah i just basically was using that stuff and um yeah i don't know 
I buy stuff. I bought okay, quite, yeah, I have, so, but, quite, that's quite, really quite a few pieces of gear. It's just really Sorry. noteworthy that, I mean, you, people talk about like uh, Billie Eilish or whatever, you know, and, and what, but, oh, yeah. she's just singing, right? Or, I mean, yeah. it makes a certain amount of sense. Like, uh, just, let's say Justin Timberlake, I think also is, is famous for kind of just noodling on Pro Tools and singing into his mic and that's yeah. kind of enough. Yeah. Um, that's, you, when, when, when it's something, when it's a vocal performance and that's really the main highlight, you can kind of understand that that would mm -hmm. work. But, but for rock music and, and metal music, it's uh, obviously a completely different beast and um musically much more complicated and and more difficult to put mm -hmm. together and really quite yeah. um just even just interesting that it can be done at all like as a technological problem this seems mostly solved that's that's uh that was not the case yeah. i think even 10 years ago i would i mean certainly that was yeah um i think it really became like holy shit around 2008 mm. where it was like it was like it wasn't the drums weren't quite there yet but the editing tools, if you could record drums, there were some replacement um, programs coming out that could trigger, you could use a drum performance to trigger samples. But the guitar stuff, the virtual guitar sounds were there. The vocal editing was there. You know, pitch correction mm -hmm. and stuff was pretty much there. It's just now it's like there's, what there is now is like there's so much processing power for you have software that can emulate um analog pieces of electronics that are used in the studio chain so it doesn't sound as sterile and you can actually get like war really warmed up analog sounding mixes with that stuff uh, yes. that's what's really changed and it all works yeah. it works so well in real it works so well in real time that was amazing but like if you told me if you told me in like you know when i started doing music in like i don't know 1994 and i i had this shitty like little four track tape machine and the little demos that me and my buddies made, I was like, oh my God, this is amazing that we actually multi, we multi-tracked the recording on a cassette tape. And it's, mm -hmm. this is so cool. But it, you know, it's compared to any of those you were listening to, it sounded like absolute ass. It was literally <laughs> just for demonstration purposes. It's a demo tape. But if you told me that like, yeah, in several years, I'm going to, I'm going to put an album out that I basically made in my house uh, with no drummer. And it's going to sound <laughs> indistinguishable from, Yeah. If you're like yeah, and luckily, and, and luckily, and that, luckily, yeah. the industry is using the same practices. They're using the same <laughs> fakery, so you're essentially yeah. <laughs> you're getting the same tones as them. Like I would have been like, "That's crazy. That's never going to happen. What are you nuts? It's just going to be like you know." But it's 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 pretty fucking cool, and uh, I look forward to the second one because all the all these like all these mistakes I made and all these things I had to fix and all the myths that I had to have busted for me about why I was getting sounds I didn't like. Um, the uh, the grounding loop, the ground loop from the uh, from the the electricity in the house. I believe that was a thing. I thought I thought I was getting interference from the from the from the electronic dog fence. That actually wasn't true. It's actually mm. fine. It's here. It's here right now. It's, it's like it's like five feet from me. <laughs> it wasn't a problem. It was just one yeah. of these things. Like, what the hell is this noise? And it's like, well, your speakers suck. The speakers mm. in your guitar have <laughs> fucking suck. Like every, it doesn't matter what you have if you have sucky speakers. <laughs> everything sounds bad, and that was yeah, if I had like known that. Thousand dollar audiophile cable, right? Like this. <laughs> it's not the case. It's just if you if you have a yeah. speaker cone, it's you know because there was a this the industry standard, the metal standard for a long time was a speaker called the Celestion Vintage Thirty, and there were so many myths about that speaker. Uh, they started making that in like 1989 or something like that, and. Uh, they moved production from the UK to China and then they moved production of some back because a couple of companies demanded, like, we don't want Chinese speakers in our goddamn app. So the, some of them were built there, some were built in China 
And then there was this myth of like, oh, you need you can't get a new one. You got to get a really old one so that, you know, it's been on tour. It's been beat up. The, the longer it's been beat up and played, the better it sounds. That's all fucking bullshit. I mean, yeah, brand new out of the box. It's going to be stiff and you have to break it in a little bit. But the, there were these ideas people had that like the entire frequency response profile was going to alter itself drastically just by being used. And that is just a lie. What it really is was like over the years, different workers, different you know, slightly different materials with different tolerances building these speakers. And it's like, if you, if you get one that was built in 2007, you're fucked. Is this like the the Mexican fenders? They're like from a certain year. Yeah. Yeah. It's only Mexican fenders are probably fine, but like these, these speakers, like I have, I have some from 2003. They sound awesome. That's like the cutoff, like starting in 2004, (laughs) they go bad. I had another set that was from 2016 or 17 uh, they were awful. And in here, I thought like, okay, they're awful because I haven't beat them up enough. They're too new. So I'm like, I'm like, like <laughs> sending like, sending like sine wave tones through them at like, at like 70 oh. decibels for like hours at a time and nothing changed. I was, I bought, I bought, ac- I bought a can of acetone. I took acetone and I dissolved the, uh, there's a substance called dope. They put around the edge of the cone that helps keep the, uh, keeps the response stiffer. I took acetone and I took the dope off one of my speakers to see what it would sound like. It's fucking, you know, it's probably exactly. looser now. It, yeah. it, it didn't sound exactly the same, but like it didn't get me where I was trying to go and I didn't understand what I ended up getting. I was like, oh, fine. Where was the rest of your family when you were sending the sign wave, the sign wave at 70, 70 decibels? Through the they, were very un, they were very unhappy. It didn't last very long. <laughs> actually, actually, the first time I did that, I didn't do them loud enough. I, I did them quietly enough that it was downstairs, so you couldn't really hear it if you were upstairs. But then I find out, like, oh, that's that level of energy I was putting through them did absolutely nothing. I just basically was wasting electricity. <laughs> so now I got to. But then gotta, it turns uh, out that whole that it turns out that whole practice is bullshit anyway. It doesn't do anything right. because the problem was I'm I'm, t- I'm looking at one that was built in 2016, which was built wrong. It just has the wrong profile. It's never going to work. And uh, I had to get mm-hmm. I had to get old ones and sell those. And then and now supposedly the brand new ones in 2022 sound like the old ones. They fixed it. They fixed it. But good luck. But you can't order a vintage 30. You can't order an amp with vintage 30s in them and specify, I want brand new ones. There's just no way. They just, they're in the warehouses, they're stocked, and you don't know what you're going to get. You can't, you can't. And, so you and Celestian go got so, market. yeah. Yeah. And Celestian got so mad that they took their, because God forbid these manufacturers just put the manufacturer date on the, on the products themselves. Now they, they put these stickers on them that have a code or old ones are stamped in ink. It, we can't just say like May 2001, right? It's got to be like EF06. And that doesn't mean 2006. Like the EF is the year 06 is is like the day or the month. I can't remember whatever, whatever it goes. Yeah, whatever it is. And, and so when all these myths got busted, like Celestian actually took the legend for their date codes. They took it off their website because they were tired oh, of wow. people. People wanted, people wanted the brand new 2022 vintage 30 and you just couldn't get them. And so they didn't want people looking up the stickers to see what they got. It was a big, pretty wow. decent side scandal. Yeah. Yeah, that's but, horrible. Did they? Sorry, go on. No, I was just gonna say if I, if I knew all this stuff now, if I knew what I knew now about this, like from from five years ago, or what was it, four years ago when I sold that amp, I never would have sold the amp I was using. I never would have. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so much stuff could have been bypassed, so much experiments and so many failures could have been missed. Like, this is the stuff I promised I wouldn't talk about. But 
no, no. Most... I, well, I think this is this is good. This is definitely good stuff, and I, yeah. I, I'm learning a lot. Because so, and you mentioned so with, with the with 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 the advertainment shit. Okay, this was the other thing. So these the advertisement and the guys that had that sold you courses on how to do this, if they wanted to. I bought two, and the thing about that was like if you were if you were like a brand new beginner and you didn't know anything about it that stuff was probably great but i wasn't i was a frustrated mm-hmm. like middle range guy not an expert trying to become an expert there was nothing in it that would turn you into an expert and everything that happened everything that they did i was suspecting me and trent suspecting like there's something in this they're not telling us there's something they're doing off screen there's something they're doing in post or there's something in the signal chain they're not sharing with us because i've got the same microphone i've got mm-hmm. the same amp i've got almost the same guitar the guitar doesn't really matter um i've got decent mic microphone pre's i've got equalizers i've got all this stuff and there's like this there's this still this this aspect of the sound i'm not getting and i came to find out that uh that a trick that i learned was there's this one guy named christian cola he's a german death metal producer like pretty he produced bands that people may have heard of but they're fairly low level like they're not like considered like these huge bands, but it's very good production. And he has a thing called the Cola Audio Cult that you can subscribe to. And I did that for, I subscribed to it once just to like see what all his content was. And what I found out, he had a habit of, if you had to pay close attention to him, he would occasionally say something that was off topic about how he uses a piece of equipment or what he does. And it was never like, it was never valuable to listen to what he was talking about. It was always like, be on your toes, be on the edge of your seat, waiting for when he mentioned something offhand that has nothing to do with that subject. That's the tip. Write that down and remember that. I learned so much from him by him just letting a secret slide that he wasn't actually talking about because it was just, oh, right now I have to do this because uh, I'm doing this right here. It's like, oh my God, you did that. And that's the thing that I don't do. And when I go and do that, now my sound works better. It was really frustrating. So you're not even like you're paying him for lessons and the lessons don't work. <laughs> it's like the asides, like yeah. The, yeah. The, the the tangents are what you and not even tangents, just like a quick little thing. Uh, like this is what I like. I have a, I have a micro, I have a microphone pre called a Cranborn. What is it? Cranborn EC2 that he, he made an offhand comment about in one of his videos because it was a certain function. And I was like, wait, that does what? And so, you know, Knowing that I knowing that I had the you always have the ability to return these things right away if you don't like them. Mm. And sure enough, I got that and I I I twi- I twiddled the knob that he talked about. I was like, holy shit. That's one of those things they don't tell you about. It's like that like fixed it. And it was just mm. like one more thing. It was it's crazy. It's it's so funny. Because the information is there, but now it's like it's hidden behind a paywall. It's so, in so a let's talk about paywalls and, and monetization. Because you you yeah. are you are sending for now signed copies, which thank you for for doing that yes. for, for everyone. And uh, but you also Absolutely. released it for free uh, on Spotify, Apple Music. You put the fl- are the Flax downloads working on your Telegram channel? Did we do? Is that I? I don't. Know. I think I'm so. Getting, I, mi- my, I'm, uh, I'm getting mixed feed. I get mixed feedback okay. on that. I think it depends on your Telegram settings. I have no idea. Mm, okay. I intended them to be downloaded. I'm probably gonna. I'm probably just gonna put a zip file somewhere. But yeah. So you, how do you see your compensation for this work you've done? Oh. <laughs> well, the CD sales directly, obviously, but uh, Spotify and all that stuff. I actually need I I need to secure one more middleman before I can get paid for those streams. <laughs> but you will that's actually like, get paid. That's actually um, a better situation than I anticipated. So you actually will theoretically yeah. be able to get paid. 
Well, that's great. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Theoretically, listen to Senpai on Spotify. Sorry, go on. Yeah, I, I will theoretically get songwriter royalties. I'm not clear as to the sound recording royalties because I think, I think the insidious thing here is like uh, your sound recording or publishing. Some portion of your rights are being diverted to like the middleman that, that went and took your files from you and put them onto mm -hmm. all the services. You know, mm -hmm. like they don't just do that for fifty dollars. It's like fifty dollars plus. Some, you know, I didn't, yeah. I didn't read the agreement because it's not like I can negotiate with them. It's just like, well, I just want the songs to be available. That's basically all I wanted. But I know, but I did find out after it was all published. There's like, there's one more thing you have to do, and I like have to uh, sign up for like BMI or ASCAP or something, one of these songwriter societies, because the middlemen who the middlemen who tabulate how many streams there were, they need another middleman to send the check to, who's then going to disperse the checks to their art. It's very fucking. It's annoying, but yeah, that'll happen. It's just, it's just so funny. Like this industry is so designed where you can't really do anything on your own, except hand somebody a CD for cash, you know, anything beyond that you're uh, giving percentages to like everyone. <laughs> it's, it's pretty funny. So yeah, the economics of it, it seems totally fucked. That's why, but I guess it, I mean, because you're in a kind of interesting position because the, it's almost more of a bonus for if you're already yeah. a TRS fan and NJP guy, then this is like yeah. something you get to enjoy. Also, uh, well, yeah, like the, the, the CD. Oh, sorry, go ahead. You have the unique perspective of like, you're the one person on earth who's actually possibly harmed by piracy. Like, maybe <laughs> one of like maybe four people on earth who lose money due to it. So, you, in theory, you, you know, all these protections that exist. Are like don't already well, you're already kind of cut out from like making a copyright claim on, you know I'm sure TRS stuff is kind of a, it can be pretty easily ignored. You're kind of cut. You're basically there's this whole complex of music industry stuff that would be really nice to access, yeah. but we just you just can't. It's just the way it is. Yeah. Um. Piracy. I guess like are you talking about like with the podcast? I mean, we do have access to some of that stuff. It's yeah. just that. You know, you know, if you if if you if you want to throw paywall episodes on on YouTube, I can take those down all day. It's just that like there's the there's this thing like people try to shame you and like that's that's Jewish. You should be doing that. You should be letting the message get out. You know, <laughs> there's all these other and, and also like and also like in older days, it's like well, like like one of the things I hated was like well, if I copyright claim this thing here, like it's gonna publish the name of the company that I'm using. And like it's like we have this other we have this added like um uh, this added dimension of like stuff being stuff that would not like mean anything to anybody but it, since we're doing what we do it's like people knowing this or that thing that you're yeah. using is bad I think that's it's kind of what for attack I think that's what Lewis meant is in theory you have all this stuff yeah. available to you but in practice you don't you know for for reasons that on paper don't have anything to do with the legality or whatever of it right but just as as a practical matter you, you just it ends up costing you more than it's worth to, to actually yeah. use it like like one of the things that was funny like the early days of the paywall was like all right so the paywall was go was pay through stripe and under normal circumstances like there is no reason for anybody to be like hey wait hey wait a second every time somebody pays me they get a receipt that's got stripes branding all over it and why because stripe wants other people to sign up for their payment processing and it's basically it's part of their own market. So yeah, you just put, well, no, who cares who your credit card processor is? And I'm just like, fucking I do. Like, I don't want, <laughs> yeah. like, how do I was kind of like, how do we disguise that it's Stripe? How do we keep it from knowing that you're using Stripe? And the, the answer was just basically, you just fucking don't. So what we ended up doing, which was really funny, was um, 
uh, people thought we were using Stripe after we had been kicked off for a long time, which was kind of funny because there was uh, we had to, when we had to redesign the, like the payment gateway. There was some artifacts unintentionally left in the site code, so it sort of <laughs> it sort of yeah, looked like yeah. Yeah. So people thought we were still using Stripe. I was like, oh, okay, well, that was a happy accident. And we just sort of left that alone until until we were taken down completely. They finally figured out what was being used. But it's just like, that's a problem that only we have. Is like someone can find out what bank is running cards for you. And it sucks. There's no way to stop mm-hmm. it. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with Apple Music and Spotify and all these places. Like, I don't know. I presume gonna... they'll take it down eventually, but, you know, whatever. Like, I guess so. Like, I, you know, I'm not really... It's always going to be available somehow, like you know. But it it is fun to have it up there, to have it so accessible. I don't know how to get it into like, um, I don't know how to get it into like algorithms on there where it gets sucked up and becomes. I don't know if so it's possible. Like I don't know if I, I need a Jew uh, to do that for me. I or... ran some experiments. I ran some experiments oh. with the Spotify algorithm, and you know what? And I think it's still in the early stages of like how it categorizes it. Because I was mm-hmm. getting all kind of random, random stuff. Like, yes, I'm getting like, you know, I don't know what you call it, normie metal stuff. Yeah, like, whatever, yeah, yeah. Whatever genre you want to call it. But I was also getting like, uh, I think so. I listened to H1 Be Gone. I'm like, wow, that's a really sounds like a sounds H1 Be Gone, which I really enjoy. Sounds a little bit like an anime intro. It's got like that that kind of. Uh, yeah, I've been hearing anime, that a lot. <laughs> yeah, anime <laughs> intro funny. guitars. And I got, I was getting like when I, I set that to because it used to be about how I can see the playlist or whatever for the song. I was getting like Japanese, like I got like the Guilty Gear soundtrack, uh, which is it's a it's just Japanese That's stuff. That's funny. Um, so I think <laughs> you have to wait for the algorithm to like yeah. pain you as to what, and then and then maybe recommend it to somebody. But I I'm actually kind of a, a algorithm pessimist. Like I don't think it actually even exists. I think things are trended like very artificially. Oh, absolutely. And, there's a, there's Spotify a non-organic. Yeah. yeah. There's a, yeah, there's uh, a non-organic aspect to all those things, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't really know how that's going to work. I'm just more, I, I've started using it and it has this really awesome, terrible feature. That's a really like, it's it, it like in terms of design terms, it design terms and trying to make money. It's excellent. But if you use the free version, like you can't obviously you can't pick your own song. You gotta pick like a song you right. like or an album you like, and it feeds you comparable stuff. But it will just occasionally give you something that's absolute trash, totally like <laughs> atypical. And it's like, oh, I hate this thing. I gotta, I should buy the thing. So, and I, I, I appreciate the the engineer or whoever figured that out. But it, it really does occasionally. <laughs> like you throw. I want to throw my phone like. When I'm getting, I get, oh, like, oh, that's a, that's a, this is a cool thing. It's, it's, you know, this is a good playlist I've made or whatever. And it's like, hey, did you want to hear some Polish EDM? Like, yes, perfect. I mean, <laughs> if I was in the mood for that, perhaps. But like, it's just, it's such a jarring like shift yeah. of stuff that like, oh, I, I, this is, this is too. You are negging me into buying your product, and I won't. But yeah. So they don't just let you pick your own. I remember when it first was out there, like Spotify was, you could play whatever you wanted, but like every couple of songs, you like get hit with a block of ads. Yeah, that was, that was what I remember for having. Golden Age Spotify is over. Now it's there. Now they're all like Pandora kind of. It's that Pandora okay. Movie. Oh, I hated Pandora. Oh, you only have so many skips. It's like, oh, fuck yeah, but I don't want, stop making me listen to music. I don't want to hear. Like, what's the point? But yeah, I remember um, Amazon music is trash now. 
And that, that used to be like if you ordered a, a record or a CD or something, they would always they would like immediately give you a direct link in your order receipt to the download of the entire album. So you just got their MP3s because they had the Amazon Music Service as well. They don't freaking do that anymore. If they do, if they do include, if there is a download included with your whatever you bought, like you have to navigate to the music app and you have to fight with it to get it to give you the download. You can get it usually, but it used to be so simple. And that whole thing is like, if you're, if you're not paid, if you're not paying their subscription, like even managing stuff that you already own through them, like that you've paid, you know, one time, the one time fee, you know, you paid a one time price for the music, you know, years ago. It's like they make it hard to search. Stuff I, I doesn't had always to, come I had up. to get on with Very Amazon. Shitty. There was there was a kind of vintage record that I got a cheap yeah. digital edition of through Amazon Music was actually the only service that had it. And hmm. uh and I could not for the life of me find it anywhere that I could download. I I ended up having to email customer support just to like yeah. So I know exactly what you're talking about. It was it was yeah. a major pain in the ass. Yeah, they used to it used to be like it used to be called auto rip. It was like on your receipt for the, the order. Like, here was the auto rip button. You pressed it, and it just gave you a zip file, and it was all the MP3s of whatever album or CD you just bought. Not, not no more. All this stuff is incredibly Jewish. Like they want, they want eight ninety nine a month or whatever it is, and you don't have access to everything in the whole world. And they they well, want to the funny they thing about stuff to you. Yeah. They, like they so I I do I I um I am a paycuck to uh, Apple Music. Um, entirely okay. for their back catalog, like it's really, right. which is quite extensive and quite. They also have a really good classical um catalog, and and so it. Mm -hmm. for, but it's they. I don't know. Maybe I mean, obviously I am the way I am, so who knows? But uh, I think it's funny that uh, they don't culturally at least because on Apple Music or wherever the you know Spotify too. I think they they do a lot of here's the latest release from you know Mumble Rapper yeah. number fourteen eighty eight, and it's like who cares? <laughs> like literally, right. who cares? And yeah. it doesn't seem to have any kind of impact. It doesn't, you know, so at a certain level, it's to me, I, I guess a, a question of um, why is it that just everything sucks? I mean, you guys talk about this all the time, yeah. on the show, but it's just, it's just funny. Like nobody, I don't know. I don't think most people who actually pay for these services or, or, you know, interact with them at that level, they're not subscribing to Apple music so they can hear the latest. Uh, yeah, right, what's right, right. that? Uh, Negris uh, with the flute. Obama's podcast. You're not a yeah, Obama right. <laughs> podcast. Are you kidding me? Are you even a fan? What's like what's killing me now is like the phone business, the the cell phone. Because I have, I have a half a terabyte, um, SD card in my phone, which just like proves like how yo you like yo how fake is data? How fake are hard drives? Like this thing is the size of my pinky nail, and there's and it's five hundred and whatever, you know, gigabytes on it, and that's what's in my phone. And I have I have a Samsung Galaxy. Note 10, I think, and they're on like note 20 something now. They they skipped from like 11 to 20, and then they're like, I think they're on like 22 or 23. And the new phones don't have SD cards in them anymore, and you can't do it. You're just stuck yep. with whatever 250. I'm just like, holy shit. It's like, first they took away the headphone jack, and now they're taking away. The, so it's like, you're going to be forced, like, soon they're going to ship for phones with no storage. It's like, well, I'll just stream. It's like, well, I don't want to stream. I like yeah. all my I like all my my media is secure on this little card that I can access anytime I want, signal or not. I and keep an uh, archive you know. of stuff that I really like. I have uh, you know yeah. uh, Storm King's Grim Grim Omen backed up in in the oh, flax yeah. in like three places. But yeah, for everything it. else, for everything else, it's 
that's why I that's why I'm a pay cut is because otherwise I can't fit yeah. like you know sixty gig even if it's you know well the downside much, to that know. is the downside to that is if you're a, I'm a Megadeth fan I don't think any streaming services has the original version of their discography anymore he did some kind of he did some kind of jewelry to get out of some contract or he he re released all his albums in like 2004 and he remixed them all. And I don't know if those new mixes count as new performances, so they were free from his older deal. I don't know if it changed it changed his royalty structure or whatever. You can only get those remixes, and along with a couple I didn't, like anniversary remixes. Yeah. So, so if you listen, for even for like yeah, if you listen to if you listen to holy if you listen to holy wars, or, or if you, even if you listen to like peace sells but who's buying? I think that was their first huge hit from like 1986, 85. Like you're going to hear that with like he put different drums on it and the the like sound effects are wrong because he did them himself in Pro Tools in 2004, like almost 20 years later. And it oh, sucks. No. If you're oh, used yeah. to it, it sucks. So yeah. And then there's another album he did where um, some takes were lost. So he like, he's like 40 plus years old and he's re-singing something he oh, sang no. when he was 25 and on drugs. And you can hear like the gruffness, like the, like, you know, I don't care who you are. You get into your forties, your voice gets lower, and you can't do it, do certain things anymore. And it's like that's all that's available on Spotify. I remember being so mad when it came. I was like, because uh, I had all these old CDs, I, and I was like, "Where's I'm that?" Very sorry, but I googled mm. uh, Obama podcast because I knew it existed, and <laughs> on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or Apple Music Podcasts, Renegades Born in the USA is a podcast series from 2021 between Barack <laughs> Obama and Bruce Springsteen. Oh my god! Oh my god! That has got to be so crazy. <laughs> I think I might have to listen to this. Like, <laughs> they discuss podcasting race and is reality just reality in their hometown. Did you say race and reality? Wow! Uh, yes, yes, race and reality. It's very deep and cutting. I'm sure. Jesus Christ! Those two, you know, intellectual titans, really going at. It. I don't know how normie <laughs> pod. I don't know how normie podcasting exists. Like, I understand why it exists for us because we don't have access to, you know, broader mainstream media. But I just don't understand like who would listen to that. You just have to be like the biggest Obama fan. I don't. Think, I, guess that, I, guess I, I think I think that is literally like a a like a car like a that's just corruption. Like you were president. Yeah, that's like them selling books. Yeah. Like you, like you, I wrote a book. <laughs> yeah, there's probably there were probably more like downloads of like Third Rail this week than fucking the probably. Obama Bruce Springsteen. Probably. It's like probably. that's crazy. Oh I mean, my god! Also they that's that, like Spotify doesn't. I, I think it is a failing platform because it's so shitty now, but. <laughs> They their ads are ads for like their podcasts, and it's always like Oof. black recipes and culture. Or it's well, that's black. where they're that's that's Joe. They have Joe Rogan, right? I was wondering, are they making money oh, yeah, on Joe Rogan yeah. just by oh, subscribers? Like, no way. There's no way. All the TV, all the TV streaming stuff is failing now because they, you know, these companies are starting to realize we made more money when we licensed our video. To like Netflix than having our own platform because it's like it's crazy, but uh, also Joe lost his big platform on YouTube. He can't like up, yeah, can't give he can't like push it into the normie sphere. Now you have to see like now only Joe Rogan fans see Joe Rogan, and therefore like it's kind of irrelevant. Like libtards can't see the video and see, so they're actually. There's no culture. It can, There's just clippers. Like it's not yeah, not even his clips. It's like a golden cage kind of thing. You know, he's or golden handcuff. What do they call golden handcuffs? Like he's irrelevant. Yeah. I think he's going to. I mean, he's making a lot of money. So I guess like as a conservative, he's a bit, it's a big win. But like in terms of, Joe they Rogan, don't seem to talk about. I mean, the lip libtards don't seem to get. 
I haven't seen Joe Rogan. Well, he's not in YouTube last. recommends anymore. Yeah, like, he would be in yeah. YouTube recommends talking to Jordan Peterson about whatever <laughs> gay shit. We're trying to watch Keith Woods videos, and now granted, yeah, granted, he has a higher profile and uh, it's more kind of recent breaking news type stuff. But I've seen w Libtards circulating Tucker Carlson clips from his just like his, essentially his announcement on his personal website and then on Twitter that he's going to be doing a show uh, mm. than anything from Joe Rogan. Like that's been he's way. I'm announcing Sorry. that I'll be announcing my show. I'm yeah, announcing exactly. that I'll be announcing my new show, like Ron DeSantis. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I don't know. I can't, I can't think of there's anything else like of dire importance I need to tell you about the album. I want to hear about your next oh, album. You mentioned that you're already working on it. Oh yeah, dude. I yeah. I I had a. Uh, I'm actually down in the dumps, depressed and unmotivated right now. But in like February, March, and April, I wrote like. I, I, I want to say about six new songs and then I have leftover stuff and then I have other stuff. So I already have an album. I just don't have any lyrics. I have lyrics for one. I have a chorus for one song and that's it. So it's hopefully going to be done a lot faster if I, if I could just figure out like what the inspiration is for each one of these songs. What's like we need, you know, I need several memes. You know, I have... Well, if you I want to, I mean, I, I'd be, I'd be, I would love to, to have it. If you, uh, if you'd be interested in collaborating on in that way, I would, I would definitely, you could see. Yeah, see work, just, like, I have, the, I have this, I have this foolish pride issue. It's like I can't. Have, uh -huh. No one's allowed to help me with any. No one's allowed to help me with anything. <laughs> like, I, you should have seen me putting together the, the. I was forget about how. Listen, Jack, how do you open PDF? Like, I was making PDF for the album cover booklet and all that stuff. <laughs> like, I, I have, I have no wow. idea how that works. I just did it. That's why the type is the print is so dark and it's hard to read because I didn't know what I was doing. But it's close enough; it worked. But I just have this thing about like I don't know. Like I, if somebody would just somebody would just like a trigger word that sets me off and running. Like okay, like I have a I've had a song title for a long time. One of the songs is called "Die Early, Die Late," and you know, "dilate" as in you know, the yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't, we don't. dilate. So yes. it's a song about about trans. So, but I, I don't have any lyrics. I just have like a really that's a really clever like pun of a title: "Die Early, Die Late." And, um, you know, just be about the 40% and being dead named and how your parents are going to, they're going to put your dead name on your gravestone and blah, 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 blah. You know, all these just depressing, like mean things. You will never be a real, you will never be a real woman type posting. Like I have that. Uh, I also, I also find that like when I, when I dig into like Holocaust denial, I'm not, I'm not making jokes anymore. I'm just mad. Mm. And ba like, I don't write that kind of music, but like if I, if I did make death metal or if I make, or if I made like, um, bigger neater type music where I just have the thing I want to say and I just shout it. Right. I could probably be dumb, but I don't make that kind of like that would sound really dumb over the stuff that I write. Like the I write these these melodic kind of gay metal songs. It's a different with, genre, like, right? Yeah. No, it's a yeah. different it's a different genre for sure. I can't just be like like I can't just do like one of the things I want to do, but I don't know how is to take the uh, Joe uh, what's his name Rosenbaum, the guy that Kyle Rittenhouse shot, just like. Have a song just like shoot me, nigga, shoot me, nigga, shoot me, nigga. But that like that won't work over anything I've ever done. So I don't know if that's gonna work. Just screaming shoot me just shoot me nigga over and over again while there's like crazy riffs. Like I I'm trying to figure I out how to make that, that work. work. That's, that could work. I could see that melodically, like just like uh shoot me nigga. Like you could even do it like in a black in a black voice or something like that. You could do a little bit. Yeah, something like that, or try to make it like uh so I go the other way and just make it like a smooth like ballad. Shoot me, nigga. You know, some, 
like, 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 like nothing else. Like, I, know, yeah. I know, I know, I know. It's shoot me, nigger. Yeah. Shoot me, nigger shoot me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, but yeah, but the thing about that is like, I've, since I figured out the guitar sound stuff so much, like, I just have to make stuff now. So I started making parodies again, actually. I was making two parodies today. I have three parody songs I'm working on right now that I've actually played guitar. Nice. Two of them have guitar tracks and drums. Those have lyric ideas, so I'm gonna do a little quick like parody song comeback soon. Uh, I don't know if I'm gonna do them like all is at once and then start is that like. New? I thought I thought we were announced that we were tired. You were tired forever from the game of parody songs. Is this is this like a? Well, I decided um, when I when I wrote all these new songs and there was just not like I would sit down in front of a notebook and like nothing would come out. I was like, well, I still have like recording techniques and things that I want to try. I still have like experiments i want to do with like sound i might as well make something i might as well do something productive with it. instead of just like making because i was making a couple cover songs just for me just for like you know there's that i was i did that depeche mode cover on my live stream i was working on it like every night every week on that stream for a while and that's just kind of like eh but I, you know at the end result of that is you can't really release that like no one's going to care that i did depeche mode song and turn it into like you know metallica black album paste metal so i was like well i just do a couple parodies where i can get good guitar sounds and, and experiment with drum sounds and vocals and bass guitar and just basically go through them because i um one of the things i did was i moved my studio i rearranged i have new monitors that i got a little while ago you know, I, I, I traded in and traded up and uh so I have some I do have some stuff that I that hasn't really gotten much use in the way of start to finish production. You know? Mm-hmm. So there's you know, before I before I you know, the last thing I want to do is like this time because this, you know, the the album of color was over the course of let's see, zero days was June, like June first. 2020 or something like that so i remember when previous... that when that uh let's say dropped and it was yeah. <laughs> it was like it was a big because you would, i had only ever heard your parody songs up to that i guess with eyes and teeth as an exception but yeah. I, I, it, uh you don't play it you didn't play it that much in rotation on the show so i i was no. I, you know only heard it like once or twice on on the on the program and um and yeah and when zero days came out i was i was kind of floored i was like wow okay so he's now he's we're doing actual, you know, in original music. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that, and that got caught up in the next thing that happened was like, Mike said that him and Jamie wanted to move. And I was like, fuck, well, we got to move too. And that led to like, I have to spend a couple months like fixing my house so I can sell it. Mm. So, you know, that was June 20 and I didn't, and end towers didn't come out until like the following spring. I don't know if it was February or March. And so then I was doing that. And then I did, you know, I basically I made all these songs one at a time. The entire time I'm making them, I'm doing things wrong and trying to fix them with sounds. It was stuff, funny because like listening to that process reminded me a lot of, yeah, like when a new Foo Fighters album is going to be released or something, you know, they, 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 with the radio singles, right? It was, uh, yeah. it was very much that kind of, it was, I didn't realize what was happening until, oh wait, there's an actual album and these are just the kind of singles that are coming out ahead of the yeah, release. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, but the point being, like, I did all these songs piecemeal. I did them one at a time, uh, except for in cases where, like, I got partway through one and kind of got stuck. So I put it aside to work on a different one. Um, I think that happened with Smells Like Bitter Almonds. I kind of put that aside for a minute and came back to it because the vocals were very difficult on that. The cor- that chorus was, that chorus was something else. Um, 
But yeah, the point being, so I did all these songs one at a time. The next one, what I've got, what I want to do is I want to do all the recordings at once for the next Mm -hmm. one. Yeah. Like, so the process I've talked about over and over again that I've complained about is called reamping. If just really quick, reamping is when you're not recording the guitar from the amp, you're recording the, the guitar is plugged directly into your audio interface. So you're just recording like, ding, 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 and you can send that signal out to an amp and the amp is like you're playing it because you have the recording of the just the naked. It's literally oh yeah, because it's complete because it's cat oh that's yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. that's that's how I record everything so I can always change the sound because I end up not liking the sound. So what I want to do is like I have I'll have all the all the songs for the next album done. And just all in the same day, reamp every song, the same amp settings, the same microphone, so it's totally consistent, which is how it would be if you were in a real studio and that was all you had to do for the next month was make an album. You know, I kind of, I kind of want to try to imitate that. So they're all totally consistent next time. So that's kind of why I'm doing some new parody songs. Is I want to do get basically you want to nail down how that my guitar, that, which, how it nail all down what that going, one yeah. technique is, how it all is. And so I, I'll have a bunch of, you know, new parody songs that I, this would be like going through the motions for that so that it's not like, because the last thing I want to do is like create the next an original song. And then like, you're like, eh, I don't know, not really liking that. And then have to like do that over and over and over Open again. Open up until, your project files and start manually messing. Yeah. With shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No. Reamping no again, move, move the, move the mic a centimeter to the left, yeah. turn the mid range down knob down a tiny bit more. And just like all these other things that can, that you have to do that don't make that drastic. I mean, you don't think it's funny. Like you don't think it's that big of a difference until you sit right in front of it and your monitors go, Oh my God, that was so, that sounds so different. I I did barely anything to it. So, I don't want to do all that again. At least not song to song. I want to get one sound for the next thing. So that's it would be idea. cool. So if that's it was, why it was uh, unified thematically some way too. I think that that would be a, a oh cool, like a concept like, album, something like that. Yeah. Well, is isn't the current one kind of already doing that? Yes, for sure. But Very music, but, yeah. I mean, in terms, of theme, but I think that's more of like a thematic and maybe genre kind. Of, well, I don't think all being in the same genre more or less would make it a concept album and then you know let's say thematically it's racism and anti-semitism blah 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 um which is great (laughs) (laughs) but like you know i think we could do you know i don't it doesn't have to be you know super tight or anything but um some kind of you know i I always like that when and those are the the um the albums that i always appreciate the most or where there's uh some kind of musical lyrical whatever both thematic not necessarily in every track but um you know cross references across tracks is always nice I don't remember who it was, but somebody in um in Ranbot's stream, somebody in the chat just typed they were just shit posting, typed it in the chat. The next one should be called and national justice for all. To keep with the ripping off Metallica vibe. I might I might use that. That's pretty good. I think that'd be pretty good. That is pretty yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. Someone's gonna have to speak up and remind me who they are so they can like claim their free copy when that happened. Because that was like, man, how did I not think of that in ju- and national justice for all? so funny have like instead of the instead of lady justice we'll have like a it'll be like the drawing of a statue a marble statue of like eric striker in like a <laughs> in his wheelchair be pretty good pretty good album cover i'm just kidding he wouldn't like that very much but <laughs> yeah so i'm excited i want to get that going it's then and then like and then hopefully it's like not too soon like oh here's another album guys we just got the last one i know i'm sorry <laughs> I, mean, I don't know i want to do more no. video too but i don't really like that's really hard to do music can you just do 88 what reasons though? Can you just do 88 reasons if you're gonna do a new, a new album? Like it's right there. 88 reasons? 
the new fucking Metallica albums, 72 Seasons. Oh my God. Yeah, I didn't think of that. Oh God. I'm still seasons. waiting on Stink Fistula. Oof. Wow. That's 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 the one I want. That's terrible, man. That's gross. That's gross. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think but, of a, uh, to think of a 46 and two joke. That's my jam, like 40. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I noticed the, was, the enema lateralist uh, was was yeah. was hot and heavy on. It was good. I there's was like, 40, oh, I know this. Let's see, forty six plus two genders. So there's forty eight genders. <laughs> yeah, see, I, that's I, I have. I kind of have two guitar playing modes. Like I play thrashy, or if I go into drop D, I will fall into this tool trap of like big, big groovy kind of. That's like what I love uh, that the, shit. That's that's, that's yeah. what the glory. That's what the glory was mostly. Well, the one part of glory mm-hmm. wasn't, and then the other part was. So it was kind of like the glory was sort of like a mixture of like a newer, like the slower parts reminded me of like newer Iron Maiden stuff, and then the chunky parts. Like this is this can, is. Can like, we talk? This I think like, we, we, this has been a great conversation, cool and and I want to. Yeah. Um, we can maybe wrap it up, but but I think that's a good place maybe to do that. Is you want to talk about the glory a little bit, or or is that? Yeah, the glory was. The Glory was a song that I didn't have the balls to do for a while. It's actually portions of that song are more than 20 years old. Uh, I wrote them, I wrote parts of that song in 2001. Now there was a bunch of stuff in it that wasn't very good that got out. The The big riff, the, the very big riffs that you would uh, recognize from Glory, I wrote, you know, at the time. I wrote them now or, you know, last year or whatever the hell that was. But um, the vibe of that thing, I, like, I never felt like I had anything like that. I was inspired to like this. It felt it felt special, and I didn't feel like I, I never had anything special to say with it. Um, I didn't, and I didn't want to turn it into just another song. I didn't want to turn it into like with a with a band I'm playing with, you know, in like 2007. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, this will be like this will be like this really cool like uh, like ballad that sort of builds. This would be like our stairway, but it's like, well, I didn't have anything lyrically. To say, yeah to say until you know i kind of had to force it like all right i i don't know the title just came to me i'm gonna call it the glory it came to me last year because i always had i always had that thing kicking around i was like i want to use that that's so good i've got to use it i should probably publish that demo somewhere that would be funny there's no vocals on it it's just there's no vocals it was just really bad fake drums and a couple sloppily played guitar tracks um but yeah i actually sort of had to it's kind of like embarrassing and cringe but i had to to make that work, I had to sort of put myself into some like emotional turmoil and um, just kind of sit there and just be very upset thinking about our struggle as being, you know, multi-generational. Um, just thinking about my, you know, my kids, the the idea that like, you know, we'll be gone, but, and, and, and we'll pass this on to them and, and, and maybe they'll win in their lifetimes, those kind of thoughts and, and, and hoping that, um, Hoping that I talk, because you know, a real nightmare people have is, or at least that I would, it's not really a nightmare because I think I've done it correctly, but the idea that you would lose your kids to just like normie, normal fact shit, that they would, mm-hmm. uh, you try to, you try <laughs> to teach them these lessons about what's happening mm-hmm. to our people and then, and, and they don't learn it they reject it and they just go off to become whatever the Jews want, want white people to become like just become race mixed fucking losers or whatever with no future. And uh, so I was like, have I, you know, taught you how to, what was the opening line? Like, I hope I've taught you spite. I pray that I've taught you love. Like, uh, that was just kind of like, I, I, I hope it, I hope you understand both of those concepts that like, we need to, we need to have, you know, spite and be, be nasty to these kikes. But we also have to love each other and love ourselves. And it's important that you don't lose sight of either one of those. 
and then uh yeah so i put myself into this sort of like trance and i was just um just brainstorming all these lines like the, that that section towards the end where it seems like i'm just going on and on like i kind of wrote that run on and had to actually go in and edit and like chop it down so it would fit into the music a little bit but uh i knew there was like a whole pile of shit that i had to put to make the song work and so i just i was it was just like it was one writing session of lyrics it just all came out at once it was pretty cool and uh oh wow it was fun to not so that sounds the quite an experience yeah, it was like, well, I, I, I approached it like, I'm just going to spit out every thought I have about this and I'll edit it later. And so that's what it was. Like, all the ideas were there. It was, I was actually, I actually had to throw a couple lines away. Um, and they weren't really filler. It was just like, well, this isn't going to, you know, I've got too many syllables. I've got too many lines. And I was, and I didn't think I was going to have that problem. I didn't think I was going to have, I thought it was going to be the opposite. I thought I was going to be stretching ideas to try because it was, like, no, you know, as, it's eight, yeah. it's eight minutes and 42 seconds or whatever it is. That's a lot of space to fill up. And, and I don't know, like I have this, I have this sense, uh, you know, I used to be because, because of my James Hetfield, because of my Metallica mental midgetness musically, I would, I get, I used to get this thing was like, okay, this riff is really cool. We've got to play this riff instrumental. So everybody gets it and you get to enjoy it. No vocals, no lead. Just leave this riff in there. That's why 72 seasons is like every song is like nine minutes because he still does that. He's a moron. But I've gotten over that. And now I have this, I get this anxiety about like, I've left too much instrumental there. There needs to be words or a solo or something. I've left too much. I enjoy I very much. much your, so, no, I'm, I'm more of a, like, I guess I, I'm definitely, you know, I appreciate the musicianship. So there's that, I guess. But uh, no, I, I, I mean, I, I love uh, a good, I mean, if it's good, why not? You know? Yeah. Maybe not on every yeah. song. Um, I think I think I, I will say I, I I agree with your assessment that you said that um, I mean the glory I, I have to say before we pivot off that uh, as a dad it just it's fucking devastating and beautiful yeah, and, uh, yeah. but uh, as far as just like a kind of you know rock song or whatever kind of, you know whatever you know, pop rock metal type which just worked uh, the the yes yes yes. Um, and and so actually, no, I, like, I actually can say without being bashful that like for once I think I feel like I totally hit the nail on the head. Like mm -hmm. I set like I set out to do that. Well, you know what? Because I left that on the back burner for so long since two thousand one. Like those that general idea, and just being like, nah, it's not ready. It's not ready. And then like, no, now's the time. I'm, I'm going to do this and do it right. And I feel like I, I actually don't feel embarrassed. Like, I actually fucking got that. <laughs> and I don't know if I'll ever be able to do that. I don't know if that's ever going to happen again. I don't even know if I'm ever going to even try. Like, it doesn't have, sound like. I have, yeah, you can't like plan on having that yeah. <laughs> that particular. Well, I have. I have a very close. I have a close friend of mine that's like, you should just do that from now on. I was like, <laughs> what? What? Just like on purpose? Just on purpose? Be amazing? I, I I'd love to. But I don't think that's going to happen. It's like stop being sarcastic and clever and just. Be genuine because like you want me to you want me to be like i can't i'm not i'm not capable of being that's that good. sincere and having it work every that's time good. you know we're lucky that it worked once <laughs> it, well it could like the way they're how you're getting like one very serious self-serious on the album of you know, yeah. a lot of funny songs is kind of like the encapsulation of like how even like trs works like mm -hmm. i remember what really attracted it, uh, me to it was like oh they're do they'll do the funny stuff of the bit but you, uh, it was very early when I, or not, I guess, first hundred episodes. You guys would say, "Oh, this triggers the fuck out of me," and like you meant, like I'm actually feel sincere feelings about this thing. I'm actually like it, not oh, being yeah. pure irony, <laughs> admitting that you get triggered by like this, this horrendous stuff going on is like 
it's part of the genuine like reaction reaction that you know yeah. i think I, I, my when I, that's what got me into it it's like oh there's like oh, there is like sincerity is important like you need to actually like, feel things and believe things you yeah. can't it can't be all the time funny uh and also right. you know and that's and i think it kind of tracks with like you know every eighth part of it well more than eight it's gotten more serious i like, guess as the years go on but like the, mm. there's always been a mix of you know, very like earnest sincerity intertwined with yeah. you know this other irony but they're very separate like you no one would you know think no one would mistake the parts of i think of a episode of tedious that are sincere for the ones that are funny it's like they're both there right. but there's a very fine line uh that delineates them yeah i think that's a that's a great point and probably a great place to end did you have more to add oh then, or yeah what, what one more one more thing i forgot to i forgot to mention this before talking about making funny songs i don't remember who said this but uh this, this was some good wise posting i heard a long time ago musical comedy is for if you have jokes that aren't that funny and songs that aren't that good just put them together <laughs> musical comedy <laughs> well i think it's obviously you know that's a funny self-deprecating joke but also the album is really yeah. great and congratulations thank you. on a fantastic mm. job very well done yeah thank yeah. you guys i'm i'm very proud of it i'm very happy with the way it eventually turned out i wish it had gone faster but i'm just happy that it's it's out there I really now like how much you just the 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 i mean obviously it's not like a surprise we've heard the song before but like the smells like bitter almonds fake out like is this gonna be a nirvana parody is he, <laughs> oh. is, is really good like i really yeah, like I, forgot to give you the, I forgot to give you the backstory yeah that actually like that wasn't planned uh i i played that guitar riff heavy i was playing um and guitar players might know this i was playing inverted power chords so you're playing a root well, no, you're playing you're playing the fifth low. The root note is the second, and then you're playing a, a fifth, an octave of the fourth, on with your pinky. And there's the backwards power chord, so it's got this extra ballsy. It's like a death metal thing, really. Like that's how uh, you get this really grindy, nasty. It's a way of making a higher chord sound lower. I don't know how to really explain it with mm -hmm. a lot of no, distortion. No, I, I mean, I get. What, I think, yeah, people who understand so that, understand. Yeah, yeah. So usually, usually a power chord is root and fifth. You're playing four root five, if that, if you understand, it's like you're it's an inversion, um, and just the way that was like so grindy, like gar, 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 gar. like that was supposed to be like a really like caveman, and then I was like, wait a second, I'm like, if I it sounds like if I turn off the distortion, I can go bong bong, and it'll sound like smell like Teen Spirit, and I can call this smells like bitter almonds, and we've got a whole thing going here now. We're ready. To, this is it. We're go. We're in. You know. <laughs> so, but uh, I just do want to make it clear it did not. They did not derive that riff from Nirvana. The, the Nirvana, the Nirvana <laughs> derived from the riff. I was like, oh, this would this could work as a good gag. So, which was funny. Which is really ironic because I fucking hate Nirvana so much. So, <laughs> I would never do it. Like, I'll never parody Nirvana. I don't care. I don't care if the easiest pun in the world comes up for like a Nirvana song about like Treblinka. <laughs> I'm not doing it. I will never do it. I hate them. famous last words we'll see yeah <laughs> but, uh, yeah. yeah right no <laughs> <laughs> i can stick to my anyway it's, anyway it's been great having you on thanks so much for taking the time we we really yeah, really appreciate thank it. you this was great yeah when when your when your next album drops we'll we'll see about if we can we can uh get yeah, you back we'll do on it again sounds great. great thank you thank you again and uh yeah take care everybody